Praise be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ and to another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have heard preached, let them be accursed. And as we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let them be accursed. For do I now persuade men of God? Or do I speak to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, Neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. The church in Galatia was uh, founded during Paul's ministry trips, missionary trips around Turkey. That's where Galatia was. And you're not going to get to Bodom this year, I'm afraid, but yeah, yeah. And Paul and his team had ministered and moved on, as was his ministry. They planted a church and they moved on. But it was very, Alma has been a very strong church. It says that you received the gospel for what it was. Not a man-made thing, but as it is indeed the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you received it as a God. And you received Christ. And Paul's a bit concerned because after they moved on, you know, some other preachers had come from Judea, who mainly were Jews and Jewish, and they were saying to the people, no, that's not enough, you know, that's not enough, you know, you've got to go back to the Moses, you've got to go back to keep the law, you've got to be circumcised. And they were adding to the gospel. And so the Paul's letter, as he was stood up, he was a bit worried, he was concerned about the truth of the gospel. Lest it be diluted, you know, because it's simple. He says, it's all in Christ. Nothing to do with rules and regulations. In Christ we receive the grace of God. In Christ you've been raised. So first of all, it reminds them, you know, of what they had in Christ. In every chapter, you know, it's one of these, let's speaks more of Christ than any of the other letters. In, in chapter one, he says, it was Jesus that gave you the grace. Now, I used to remember, you know, it's important that we embed in ourselves the strength of our testimony. That's how we withstand the onslaughts that come against us. It was Jesus that gave himself for you. Jesus gave himself for your sins. That's it. That he might deliver us from this present evil world. Now, nothing's much changed, you know. The gospel started in an alien world. The gospel started in a culture of unbelief and paganism. The gospel started and was preached, Lord, to people who didn't receive it. And we think we're hard today because nobody believes the gospel. Nothing's changed. It's the light of the gospel that's got to be spread and received. The gospel is received as the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's what we fellowship together on, the knowledge of Jesus. 
Her love for Jesus, the revelation of Jesus, two years. Chapter two, you remain to you were justified by faith. Not because you were good, not because you deserved it, not because you were merited, you know, not because you kept the law, because you couldn't keep the law. It's the law was not the salvation, he said. The law was your school teacher. The other thing the law did was show you your sin, tell you what your sin was. And that's what sin is. Sin is the transgression of God's law. Sin is rebellion against God. The Lord didn't, was intended to save you. The Lord was intended to awaken you until the coming of Christ. And when Christ came, we entered grace. <laughs> and you're no longer under that law, but under grace. So don't go back to rules and regulations. Live in the liberty of Christ. Chapter 3 says it was Christ that redeemed you from the curse of the law. And why was the law cursed? Because I tell you, you couldn't keep it. The more harder you tried to keep the law, the more it condemned you. It was a curse. I can't do this. No, it's not my nature. Hell. So the Paul says, you know, I wanted to do good, but I couldn't. Who's going to help me? Thanks be unto God. Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law and brought it into the law. Of a spirit of grace. Sin and the fullness of God because you are thy sons. Sons. Sin. Your sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. The verse I was converted when I remember standing in front of the, the gaffer's box. I was, I was saved at my work and my acquaintance in the engineering company in East in the Glasgow and we're standing waiting in our job lines and this other fellow was a Christian had been witness to me and he said Johnny you know saved yet and I said no I'd love to be saved but I've, I've, I've seen how they treat you David and he took his wee name out his boiler shirt and he said here John 1 and 12 to as many as received him to them he gives the power to become a child of God and I just stay my heart to the Lord. Eh? And I discovered that Jesus not only saves you, he keeps you. He keeps you. It was Jesus who sent the Spirit into your heart, whereby you're able to say, I'm a father. So I want to challenge you tonight, you know, just to keep your strength of your faith. Now consider these folks in Galatia. They were strong Christians. Experienced Christians, blessed Christians. It says, first of all, you had received the Spirit. They were born again people. <laughs> they were professing people. They were witnessing people. Twelve and ten of purpose, they were victorious people. He said, you received the Spirit. You experienced miracles. <laughs> they saw the goodness of God. Yeah. They were living in times of blessing. It says you have experienced what it is to be children of God as his sons, and you were baptized. <laughs> he said no to the old man. You buried the old man, and you rose up again to the new man. For goodness sake, don't go back. <laughs> don't go back. For you are clothed with Christ. Christ put us on as the garment of righteousness. I stand before God this morning. Righteous. In Christ Jesus. Received in Christ Jesus. 
justified in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, <laughs> I am accepted and beloved in him. So they were running well. And the text that you looked this morning is Galatians 5 and 7. You did run well. Who did hinder you? And you should be not the truth. So those people were doing well. They were running well. And then this challenge came. You know, oh, you need to do this. You're not living right. You know, You've got to be circumcised. And challenge the simplicity of the gospel. The attack was from within the church. <laughs> Today we face a similar challenges to our beliefs. And it's come from within the church. And I want to encourage us one to continue to stand firm. Paul's message to the Galatians is well, stand firm. Hold on to that which you first believed. Hold on to your testimony and experience. Don't be moved. <laughs> From the truth of the simplicity of the gospel, it's in Christ Jesus. He's the center of your faith. Whatever challenge comes you along the way, the answer to that challenge, or the test of that challenge, well, what is that to do with Jesus? You know, when the workshop you get all these things, you know, where did the king get his wife? I said, I wasn't bothered, took my well to get one for myself. But the answer is, well, if I tell you where the king got his wife, would you get saved? And they learned there's no one saying that's not the issue, is it? That's not the issue. The issue is always where Jesus is alive. What will you do with Christ? So our belief is challenged in all fronts. In all fronts, your belief is ridiculed, mocked, belittled. It's the children of Torah a myth. Education says, oh, that's old hat. People say, oh, you don't believe that stuff, do you? And it comes against you and challenges you and brings doubts in your head. Am I out of step? Yes, <laughs> we are out of step. Because we're not of the world, we're in the world. But the world challenges us, oh, you don't want to die. No, nobody believes that anymore. So let me consider these things. We don't need to be intimidated by the world view. The world, by its wisdom, knew not God. We have no need to be intimidated by a society that doesn't believe. Consider first of all, they don't know the things of God. The Bible says the natural man perceives not the things of the Spirit, neither can he know them. For the foolishness is untrue. So why should we listen to them? Why should they undermine that which we know? Secondly, says, they have rejected God and become godless. Paul says, deciding, <laughs> having known God, deciding not to know God, God gave them over. They became godless. Their philosophies don't produce life. The Bible says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. 
There's a way that seems right to men, but the end thereof is death. Psalm 37 says, don't be mindful or jealous of the wicked and their prosperity, but consider their end. The end result of godlessness is condemnation. The end of unbelief is condemnation. Those that believe in Christ Jesus are no longer condemned, are not under condemnation. But those who do not believe are condemned already. You don't need to listen because they walk in darkness. We are received, we are transformed, translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We have a light that they don't have. They don't understand. They don't see. They are blind leaders of the blind. Don't let them lead you into the ditch. And then God says, in their unbelief, they make God a liar. And those who challenge your faith say, I've seen to you simply, it's not true. It's not true. But the reality is, it is the truth. The word says, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus says to Pilate, I am the truth. So you can stand firm in your faith because you're standing in the truth, not deceit. So when the challenger came to Galatia, Paul says to them, stand firm. Hold fast to the gospel you believed. Think back to your testimony. <laughs> Don't think of how you used to live before you were saved. Think of what you enjoyed since you were saved. Haven't all things become you? Aren't you a new creature? Haven't you experienced the joy of the Lord? Don't you know that times? <laughs> yes, this is it. Hang on to your testimony. I remember the young boy saying to my brother who tried to argue with my faith, I can't beat your argument, but I know some experience is worth a ton of theory. Don't abandon what you've learned and enjoyed in God. You trusted the Word. You built your life on the Word. You made the Word of God your plumb line. And it has not led you astray. Something, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word has been a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word has kept you in the straight and narrow. Your word has blessed you. His word has given you counsel. His word has guided you. And you've enjoyed that. The kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness. Don't be robbed by unbelievers who know no better. And God says that unbelievers make him a liar. I want to encourage you, the gospel you believe in is based on facts and truth. It is a fact that Jesus Christ lived. That's well documented. You know? Just as sure as Julius Caesar that Jesus lived. It's a fact that Jesus lived. It's a fact that Jesus rose from the dead. 
over 400 witnesses. <laughs> People have walked with him for three years, testified to it. And you discovered it when you trust him. He still lives. I know whom I believe in. He lives. <laughs> he lives. He lives within my heart. So stand firm and hold on. That's your young folk. And their education system is just doing bad and say, oh, that's rubbish, that's rubbish, that's rubbish, isn't it? It's the truth. And the truth sets you free. So stand fast, says Paul, chapter 5. In the liberty where Christ has made you free. And don't go back. Don't be entangled again in the ways of the world. In your old ways. Walk in the spirit, and you shall fulfill the wisdom of God. Be strong in your faith. Don't apologize for it. You know. And you should be accused in the workshop of being narrow-minded. I say, how bad more broad-minded you are. I don't need to watch my language from a company of women. I don't need to stuff the magazines under the couch when the kids come into the room. I can be the same at home and then my work and then the church. Broad-minded. Broad-minded is the broad way. This is talking. Narrow-minded is the road that leads to life. So hold up your head up high. Yeah. All reminds of you believed and you received. Don't lose it. Don't be robbed of it. Don't let anyone cut in on you and hinder you. Trust God. <laughs>